Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I've never seen anything like this in my 25 years of working as a pediatrician or pediatric resident. The numbers are staggering. Um, I've never seen the emergency department stressed. I've talked to colleagues who've never seen the department stressed like it has been. That's the Alberta Medical Association's head of pediatrics, Dr. Sam Wong, saying he has never, ever seen a situation like this uh, in his 25 years of working in medicine in Alberta. And I don't think he's alone. We know. I mean, unprecedented is the word that keeps getting thrown around here. And I think with good reason, we're hearing all kinds of stories about, you know, once again, in a position where having to make some difficult decisions about how to accommodate what's going on uh, in our children's hospitals and specifically our children's emergency rooms right now. So let's get a uh, on the ground report, we have Dr. Shazma Mathani, who joins us uh, regularly to give us this update. She works at the Stollery Children's Hospital in Edmonton, as well as the Royal Alec. Uh, Dr. Mathani, thanks so much for being here. As always, we appreciate it. Thanks for having me this morning. Give us an update. That's what we go to you for. What's the situation like? What are you seeing in your ERs right now? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head with using the word unprecedented because we are continuing to see very, very high volumes of pediatric patients present to the emergency department with respiratory illnesses mostly. Um, and many more than we have seen previously are also requiring admission to hospital. And that's why um, we're continuing to see this in the news. We're continuing to see uh, new articles every day kind of talking about what um what things have to be done within the system to try to accommodate this. And it's definitely getting scary. And it's, um, I, I do believe that it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, that's the scariest part. What's going on? We've been told it's a, it's a trifecta. We have three viruses all sort of coming together with, with extreme vengeance. And that's really pushing us into a dangerous territory. Is that what's going on? Absolutely. So it's a combination of a few things. This, you know, triple-demic, as it's been yeah, yeah. coined, with uh, RSV, influenza A, and COVID-19 are all kind of uh, coming together at once where there are large numbers of infections in, in pediatric and in adult populations. And we are, because we're seeing all three of these viruses at once and much earlier in the season than we're previously used to, um, we're seeing a higher number of patients requiring hospital care as a result of this and getting sicker as a result of of these three viruses i had a kid that you know suffered with uh, respiratory things rsv things like croup all those sorts of things growing up but he never had to be hospitalized had to be treated in the er once or twice why are more kids ending up actually being admitted to hospital do you think yeah that's a great question i think there are a few different factors that are playing into this um you know, one is that we have a cohort of two or three years of children who just haven't been exposed yet to these viruses. And we know it's not because their immune systems are, are weaker. It's just that we know that the first time anyone gets a virus, whether it's an adult or a child, the first time is always the most severe. Um, because subsequent years they've had this immunity from previous infections that we don't, we just don't have right now. Um, because the protections that were in place were actually working in preventing the transmission of these viruses. And so, uh, lots of kids are getting some of these viruses for the first time, which means that the, uh, disease is a bit more severe the first time you get it. But also, 
We know looking at Australia, um, which typically is about six months ahead of us with the influenza season, for example, um, as well as with the RSV season, we're seeing that the, the strains of viruses this year just are a bit more severe. It kind of changes every year. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing a couple of different um, factors kind of go into this. And, of course, just the, the loss of those protections um, that we have had for the past couple of seasons, things like masking or, um, you know, limiting indoor gatherings, um, uh, mitigation measures in schools. All of these things are now completely gone. And so this is really the true first season that we've seen a drop of all these protections and these viruses are coming back with a vengeance right now. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to some of the things we can do in a second. First of all, I want to ask the, what it means for somebody running an ER in, in terms of the decisions you have to make. The, the, the We know that a lot of people that aren't severely ill are having to wait for a very long time. I mean, th- that's just the way it is, right? You do triage, you make sure the sickest get taken care of first, but uh, what's it meant to the way your ER operates? Well, that's just it, Shay. So, I mean, we're seeing much higher volumes of patients sitting in our waiting rooms, um, ranging in, in how sick they are. And, of course, the way that the triage system works is that the sickest patients get seen first. But the concern right now is because the volumes are just so high that even the sickest patients are waiting longer than they should be or longer than we want them to. And so um, what we're trying to do in the ER is to try to, like, shuffle people around, sometimes using unconventional spaces to see these kids. Uh, we have additional space in, in other parts of the hospital that we're trying to kind of staff as well to just have more space to see people in. Um, but again, like those other spaces are not for the sickest kids, they're for the less sick kids. And so the main concern right now is that the, the resuscitation rooms, for example, or the, you know, the monitor beds, we call them, where, where the sicker kids get put, those are full um, because the, they're being occupied by kids who need them, who need oxygen, who need to be monitored, and then are waiting for a bed upstairs. And so if those spaces continue to be full, the result of that is that kids who also need those spaces that are in the waiting room are waiting a bit longer. And so we're trying to kind of even see kids out there in the waiting room if we can and get things started because we don't want... Um, sick kids or any kid really to, to wait but the sickest kids are the ones that we're the most concerned about yeah exactly i mean what a frustrating situation to be in um uh, getting some questions from listeners and it's a good question because we know there's been some doctors in the news saying you know what go out and get your flu shots for goodness sake get vaccinated against this flu you can do we know how effective this year's vaccine is for the particular flu you're dealing with and how what's the uptake if i if i go and get a flu shot today am i good in a week two weeks what's how does that work so we don't know how effective it's going to be yet, because um, that does take a bit of time to kind of see the effect of that. But we we know that the flu shot is always um, kind of made every year to, to have a best predictor of what strain we're going to see. Um, so, yes, please, please, please get your flu shot. Anyone who's over the age of six months old is eligible for the flu shot and should get it. Typically, we say it's about two weeks until it's effective. But, um, you know, the quicker you get it, the quicker you're going to going to have the, the um, protective effect from it. So, uh, definitely highly, highly recommend getting the influenza vaccine as quickly as possible. One other thing to note is even if you have had the flu, the vaccine covers for multiple different strains of the right. flu. So it's still important once you're feeling better to still go and get that flu shot. And, and Dr. Merthani, you're talking about you don't think we're, we're at the worst of it. And I think that's what most of the physicians we've spoken to have said. And probably given what we're heading into with school gatherings and pageants and I mean, all the rest, we know what the holidays are like, a whole lot of people coming together. It's probably going to get worse, right? That's just it. Um, we're we're getting right into the season where all of um, the you know typical indoor yeah. gatherings start to happen, and we know in previous years that that is even with COVID or with other viruses that that's when 
um, things start to spike. And so because we're already seeing such high numbers, the concern is with the numbers of viral transmissions and viral respiratory illnesses getting higher, that an already stressed system is going to face higher volumes. I mean, we're in a situation where if you look at Alberta Children's Hospital in Calgary, mm-hmm. um, kids who are in hospice care, right? So these are kids who are who are in palliative situations, who are who are dying, who are, you know, getting comfort in these hospice um, environments are being discharged home so that nurses there can be redeployed to acute care. I mean, that is just, if that doesn't, illustrate how how tragic and concerning the situation is i i don't know what else is going to and so if that's what we're trying to do to keep the system afloat it's just i don't even want to think about what it's going to be like in a month from now when we get more 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 of these cases coming through because it it really is it is going to get worse before it gets better and right now it's a day-by-day situation on whether we're going to be able to manage it or not and doctor the the, the options are limited right i mean it, those are the kind of choices that have to be made because we can't just create new doctors and i mean it, we're it, it's crisis and and there's really not a lot of choices to solving it is there in terms of within the system that's just it i mean human resources are the are the most yeah. finite resources in the system and we we know that they're scarce and that they're limited and so the only way that we can try to accommodate the volumes and try to have some flex in the system is by moving those human resources around because we can't just make new nurses right. and make new doctors and make new healthcare staff. It just, it doesn't work that way. And so right now we're in a situation where we have to take from other areas in order to support the acute care system. It's a mess. It really is. Uh, Dr. Mathani, as always, thank you so much for being here and thank you for the work that you do. Appreciate it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.